probably wouldn't want me to, but I'm going to give a shout out to, well, he's kind of my pastor, uh, pastor of pastors, our district superintendent, Ismael, uh, and his family are here this morning, so I'm going I'm to give them a shout out, and I'll say hey, I'll say hey to him, uh, does important work in the life of our, our church. Um, we uh, are finishing up today our sermon series on the I Am, some of the I Am sayings of Jesus in John's gospel, uh, looking how Jesus reveals who he is through those uh, through those sayings, um, we've we've been through uh, several of them. Today we conclude with uh, this last one. Jesus says, "I am resurrection and, and the life." Um, let's pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would uh, take root there, that it would grow us and transform us, that we might bear fruit for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Scripture reading is from John, chapter 11, verses 17 through 46. Listen for God's word. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was a little less than two miles from Jerusalem. Many Jews had come to comfort Martha and Mary after their brother's death. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him while Mary remained in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Martha replied, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She replied, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, God's son, the one who is coming into the world. After she said this, she went and spoke privately to her sister Mary. The teacher is here and he's calling for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to Jesus. He hadn't entered the village but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were comforting Mary in the house saw her get up quickly and leave, they followed her. They assumed she was going to mourn at the tomb. When Mary arrived where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. When Jesus saw her crying and the Jews would come with her crying also, he was deeply disturbed and troubled. He asked, where have you laid him? They replied, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to cry. The Jews said, see how much he loved him. But some of them said, he healed the eyes of the man born blind. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was deeply disturbed again when he came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone covered the entrance. Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said, Lord, the smell will be awful. He's been dead four days. Jesus replied, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you will see God's glory? So they removed the stone. Jesus looked up and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. I know you always hear me. I say this for the benefit of the crowd standing here so that they will believe that you sent me. Having said this, Jesus shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his feet bound and his hands tied and his face covered with a cloth. Jesus said to them, untie him and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who came with Mary and saw what Jesus did believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. When did you last say, if only 
Lord, if, if only you had just been there, or if only things would have gone differently, if only I hadn't or they hadn't said or done that, this tragedy wouldn't have happened. I would still have my job. These injustices wouldn't have happened. The sickness wouldn't have happened. The car wouldn't have skidded off the road. The attack could have been prevented. I, I, I maybe wouldn't have failed that exam. We'd have different leaders, or our family might still be together. Our relationship wouldn't have ended. This plan wouldn't have failed. If, if only. Those, those words come from a, a yearning for a different possibility than what actually occurred, or, or wanting to go back in time to change what happened so that a different outcome might come to pass in the present. These words come from a people, us, who have to live with the reality of death. Death of a dream, death of a job, death of a loved one, death of an idea, death of a relationship, death of a project, feeling lifeless, hopeless, dead inside, looking around and seeing a, a, a world, a society seemingly bent toward death. If only. If only. We, we can appreciate, right, the lure of, of revisiting the past that led up to the loss, of rehearsing possibilities before death came. The, the truth is, in the face of death, the longing for, if only, can consume the living. Death and, and, and if only seem to be center stage in today's scripture passage, threatening to, to consume everything, only to be consumed and upstaged by Jesus. Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, and Jesus' friend, was sick. His sisters came to Jesus and told him that their brother was ill. Jesus tells them it isn't, it isn't fatal, which is interesting because obviously it is. On top of that, when he hears that Lazarus is sick, he stays put for two days. Does anyone else find that strange? I mean, can you imagine the online reviews we would give a doctor if, if we were made to wait in the waiting room for two hours? And then after two days, Jesus admits to his disciples that Lazarus is dead, but he's going to go there to Bethany to wake him up. I'm glad I wasn't there, Jesus says, so that you can believe. In fact, Lazarus had been dead for four days. That's very dead. And there's profound grief. Mary doesn't even come out to meet Jesus. She stays in the house. Martha comes out to Jesus and cries out, Lord, if you had only been here my brother wouldn't have died. We know exactly what it is to be Martha and Mary in that moment. Death of, of whatever kind is real and powerful, and it feels like it's all that, that it is all that there is in that moment. And we'll do anything to, to rewind and replay and try to get around it for a different present moment. Lord, if you had only been here, but even now, I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. A, a, sliver, a sliver of trust and faith proves to be an opening for Jesus to step through. Jesus tells her that her brother will rise again. And Martha believes it, but it's a distant, faint hope, an, an idea. At that time, most Jews believed in, in resurrection at the end of time. 
It was in the book of Daniel. They, they also shared the vision of the, of the prophet Isaiah who, uh, of a new heaven and a new earth, a world like ours only with beauty and power enhanced and pain and suffering and, and ugliness abolished. Within that new reality, they believed that all God's people would be given new bodies to share and savor that life of, of, new, of the new world. So that's what Martha was thinking about when she responds, yes, I, I know he'll rise again way in the future, in the resurrection on the last day. One day in the future, and, and until then we're just kind of holding out, barely making it, still living with death. Death, and, and if only, can, can seem to be center stage in our world too, and in our lives. And like Martha and Mary, not only do we play the, the what-if game, sometimes we might also hold on to some vague or faint notion or idea that in the distant future there will be transformation or things will be better. In, in the future, one day, we don't know when, good will emerge. In the future, something new might come from this one day. And until then, we're, we're barely making it. We're just holding on. We, we're still living with death. But Jesus had something else in mind. And no one would have been expecting what he said. The resurrection on the last day? I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. I am, present tense, the resurrection and the life. Jesus saying is he Jesus is saying that he is that future hope for reality of resurrection in life that distant hope of a new heaven and, and new earth transformed only he's bringing it from the future into the present right now wherever Martha is wherever death is wherever we are wherever death confronts us wherever and whenever if only seems to be what falls from our lips most easily Friends, hope like this isn't just a vague, faint, strange idea. It's a person, and his name is Jesus, and that's how he wants to be known. It makes a difference when we can trust a person and not just an idea. It, it got me thinking about what it must have done for enslaved peoples when they saw Harriet Tubman come back from escaping to freedom to help them escape. Freedom and, and hope may have just seemed distant, faint ideas to them, but all of a sudden it becomes so much more real and present when someone is a living, breathing example, walking example of it. Or, or, or when someone who escaped poverty or, or addiction comes back to people still trapped in those cycles to offer hope in the flesh, the, in the, the very reality, possibility of resurrection and, and life. I saw this in a program at a church uh, that I previously served. The program was called Jobs for Life. It's a program that, that focuses on teaching human dignity and worth given by God and the dignity of work. And many of the people who go through the program have spent time in prison and have found it not only hard to get a job, but hard to love themselves. One of the most powerful moments always in, in the program was for the participants to hear the witness of a man who went through the Jobs for Life program. He, he had been incarcerated. He thought there was little possibility for him. Transformation seemed distant. Regret was strong. And then he would share 
about the transformation he experienced going through the program. It was powerful and striking to see who he had been and who he was now, prison to the owner of his, uh, of the, to the owner of his own janitorial contracting company, a story indeed of, of resurrection. But just as powerful was to see the effect that it had on the current participants. See, all of a sudden, what seemed impossible was possible. What was a nice idea was a con- became a concrete reality, a present hope. He, he personalized it. He embodied it. Jesus personalizes hope. He embodies it right now. Wherever we are, Jesus is resurrection and abundant life right here in the here and now, interrupting death in all its forms. Regret. Whatever is keeping us in the grave. Resurrection, after all, is about life emerging from death. It's about complete transformation. It's about something new from something old. It's the miracle of new possibilities that weren't even on our radar. It's about the stubborn, defiant, and good power of God to astound us. And Jesus is saying, that's who I am. I don't just give resurrection in the future. I am resurrection. Likewise, life isn't just biological existence, nor is it just going to heaven when you die. Life is joy and peace and fullness of purpose. Life is beauty and and meaning and love. Life is about breadth and depth of existence. And, And Jesus is saying, that's who I am right now. I don't just give life. I don't just give life in the future. I am life. When I was at Duke Divinity School, I served on staff at UNC Wesley Campus Ministry. Yes, I know I'm a Duke fan and I worked at UNC, uh, but it, it worked out okay. One, one spring break, Lauren and I had the chance to go with a group of students on a mission trip to Nicaragua. We did some um, building, but mostly worked with children doing VBS programs uh, and activities. While we were there, we, we also had the unique opportunity to visit uh, uh, an active volcano called Cerro Negro. It was an incredible experience. I mean, literally a mountain of black ash and volcanic rock. We hiked to the top of it, and and I remember two things very clearly. First, how ridiculously windy it was. I mean, like gale force winds. But then also how how the landscape looked. There had been an eruption within the last year, and and you could see where, where the ash and the lava had flowed across the countryside. It was stark and and black. But you could also see that this was not the end of the story, that in the midst of the paths of destruction, in the midst of the black ash flow, green plants and trees were already growing and thriving. It, it didn't take long for life to appear again, to happen again. It didn't take long for a landscape of death to be transformed by life. To me, that's a picture of what it means when Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Like green plants and trees quickly emerging from the midst of the ash, transforming the landscape, Jesus is present with us in the midst of living with death. Which means whatever we live with right now, not just in the future, there is possibility when all seems impossible. Right now, not just in the future, there is very real hope in the midst of despair. Right now, not just in the future, there is life that emerges from death, transformation that happens in the midst of stagnation or decay, victory from the ashes of defeat, which means now, not just when we die, there is eternal life. 
Why would we wait until we die to come alive? Jesus says, I am the resurrection, the life. We have access to that because we have access to Jesus. Jesus' words prove their worth. When the one who says he is the resurrection and the life steps up to the grave where Lazarus has been for four days and commands him to come out, and Lazarus emerges. If Jesus is the resurrection and the life, then that means that he has called us or is calling us to come out of our graves too. Because when we rub shoulders with Jesus, with God, we're, we, we've rubbed shoulders with resurrection and life itself. How can we not come alive? In Jesus, the bonds of death are snapped and human existence is restored to life. Make no mistake, the triumph of resurrected life is already happening now. Maybe you've experienced it. When two people or groups broken apart by conflict are reconciled together, we find the power of resurrection in the presence of Jesus. When an addict goes into recovery and has the power to stay sober for the next five or ten years, we find the power of resurrection in the presence of Jesus. When a heart experiences forgiveness and healing for a wrong committed, when someone gets back up again courageously after failure or being pushed down, we find the power of resurrection in the presence of Jesus. When someone says yes to Jesus and his ways with their heart and life, when someone finally truly comes alive by serving God, we find the power of resurrection in the presence of Jesus. When we accept the things we cannot change and trust in God's power to do new things, to create new possibilities, we find resurrection. We see the presence of Jesus. When structural wrongs are transformed and fundamental change happens, we find resurrection power. We see the presence of Jesus. Jesus, as the resurrection and the life, dares us to pray for the possibility that those places, those people, those situations that seem dead, whether spiritually, socially, economically, emotionally, physically, might live into a new reality. So when was the last time you said, if only... As the resurrection and the life, maybe, maybe Jesus invites us not to look to the past and, and what might have been but cannot be now, but to look to the future and then to imagine that that future is now the present in himself. Maybe that's the challenge for us, to exchange the if only for an if Jesus if Jesus is the resurrection and the life, <laughs> that means nothing is impossible for God. If Jesus is the resurrection and the life, that means pain and sorrow and sickness and death don't have the last word. That means we don't have to wait until we die to come alive. That means real transformation can happen. If Jesus is the resurrection and the life, that means God is always up to redemptive surprises. That means God will meet our problems with possibilities that we never saw coming. With some new part of God's future bursting into our present time of grief, confusion, mess, death, with hope and new life. If Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And 
name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.